We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday, October 13th. Friday the 13th, and we're talking football. Hello. Um, didn't even realize that when I was writing stuff down earlier. Joined today by my good buddy, Keith Eiser, Eyes 819 We're going to talk week six NFL 11 game slate this week. And I told Keith I wanted to start because I was starting to tilt this Thursday night football game more than I should. And my best Kelsey team has Watson, and he just missed a 50-yarder, 40-yard catch. That would have been nice. But anyway, um, I, I I think I'm going to start petitioning no more Thursday Night Football because this game is just bad. <laughs> so, uh, Keith, what's happening? we got 11 games. It should be a lot of fun, a lot to talk about. And, um, yeah, I'm going to tell you you're crazy at least three times on the podcast today. So, welcome. <laughs> thanks for having me i can't wait to be told where i'm wrong and, and explain to you why i feel the way that i do but definitely an ugly football game here on thursday they always seem to be ugly the short week just messes up teams rhythms casey's defense still looks really good to me like they're they're just a total complete team um prior to this season it felt like they were just living on because their offense was so elite but they look legitimately talented on defense this season so I know the Broncos are nothing to write home about, but their offense hasn't been bad at all, and they have not been able to do a thing this this in this game at all. Um, there's some weather, and there's there's weather on this 11 game slate that we're about to break down too. I feel like a little bit of it is overrated, but we'll, we'll get into that. We've got a baseball game going on too. Philly's looking to put away the Braves, um, currently up three to one. Last I checked, right before we hopped on, so we'll see how that plays out as as we go through the, the NFL games here. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too crazy about um the weather on the main slate. There's nothing that like was like jumping off the page to me. I mean, a little bit of wind in the Chicago game, a little bit of wind in the Cleveland game, and a little bit of wind in the Miami game, but I mean nothing nothing where I think it's going to change my opinion on like cuz we don't play kickers, so it doesn't really matter. And I mean like there was a ton of wind in the Thursday night game. We saw what a 60-yard And Bucker goal, hit so. a 60-yarder. Yeah. yeah, so 
Um, and I do, I do like, I, for what it's worth, I do like factoring in wind when I'm like looking at bets. Like Roth, Roth had wrote up, I think the game was at like 47 and a half and he wrote up the under and I mean, it's looking really good right now. So we'll see how that yeah. kind of shapes up, but um, main slate, a lot of talking about what's up YouTube. Hope you're having a fantastic Thursday night over there live with us on YouTube. Um, Jeff Rowe and Richie. What's up guys. Hope you're all doing well. Keith mentioned that baseball's going uh, Philly's looking to put the Braves away. Um, what a, what a baseball game. Just absolutely phenomenal baseball game and it was crazy like Cunha just had a, a, a line drive that was a fantastic catch so uh could have changed flipped this game around but it didn't they're at the top of the order we'll see if Braves can get something going here in the top of the eighth but uh we're gonna start in Atlanta for our football slate Washington at Atlanta 42 and a half total Atlanta a two and a half point favorite in this game we'll start with the commanders uh what do you like here for Washington this week not a ton. Um, the, the Atlanta defense is is nothing to be afraid of by any means, but this Washington offense has struggled. Sam Howell's taking a ton of sacks. Like, I just I don't love this game overall. It's it's a dome game on a slate that we're dealing with wind and in a couple of other spots. So I wouldn't be surprised if some people have some interest here. Um, I would say uh, Logan Thomas is probably my favorite play on Washington just because of the price. Um, saw him have a pretty decent game last week. He had 11 targets and, and a touchdown. Um, 3,500, I can certainly get behind that type of usage for the, for that price. Probably not playing any Sam Howell. Um, the, the wide receivers, McLaurin is fairly priced if you want to go that route. I just I don't think I'm game stacking this game. Um, be more of a, a secondary correlation with maybe some Bijan run that back a little bit, but Logan Thomas, my favorite play from Washington here. I like Logan Thomas a lot this week. Um, you know, Atlanta is allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing tight ends this season. And like, it, it's kind of crazy, right? Cause Atlanta is only allowing 199 passing yards per game this season, but they rank 29th in past DVOA. They just haven't really been challenged through the air to start the season. So I actually like the Logan Thomas call. I think McLaurin is kind of like he's fairly priced on both sites, like FanDuel and DraftKings. So, like, I think you could play some McLaurin this week. The only problem is they spread things out. I mean, Dotson gets involved. Samuel gets involved. Um, they're, they're getting Brown involved as well. And the thing is, like, Logan Thomas is the clear guy at tight end. He had a big week last week. I think this is another good spot for him. And I think Sam Howell. Has a bounce back game. I don't think we play him. There's a lot of great quarterback plays this week, just in general. Um, so I don't know if we necessarily say that like Sam Howell has that ceiling that we're looking for at quarterback just overall. But I like Thomas. I like McLaurin. I could get some Samuel just because of his price. They do design plays for him quite a bit. So, I mean, I expect him to get four to seven touches in this game. So, I mean, that gives him a little bit of upside here against Atlanta. And then we don't have to worry about weather with this game too. So um, mostly run backs though, because I I do have a lot of interest in Bijan Robinson. I know he was one of our favorite plays on the podcast last week, and I wouldn't necessarily say it was an awful game. It just wasn't a good game. Um, you know, they just didn't get it going against Houston. That Houston defense is very underrated um, just in general. So I think this is a fantastic bounce box bounce back spot for Bijan. Um, he's someone that I, I really like on FanDuel. Um, 
I like him on DraftKings as well, but I really like him on FanDuel this week. But outside of him, I mean, I think we're at the point, Keith, where we actually have to, like, talk about Jonu Smith just because, like, his role is, like, tight end and, like, Kyle Pitts is, like, slot. Um, So I think we're... We're finally at the point where we're like, all right, we're we're six or five weeks in now. We've seen five games. Maybe we need to at least mention this guy and talk about him. Um, you know, is he a top tight end play? Probably not. But is he someone that needs to be mentioned if you're running 150? Yeah. I mean, this guy has been heavily involved. He's had at least six targets in four straight games. Like, He's had at least eight fantasy points on DraftKings in four straight games. So, I mean, he is a legit tight end option. Like, he scores one touchdown any of those weeks. He's a top five tight end on any of those slates. So, I think we actually have to mention him. Um, but Bijan would be my favorite play here from Atlanta. Yeah, I'm completely with you. I was way overweight last week. Didn't quite work out. Didn't didn't do anything useful enough to, to push you up, up to the tournament rankings. Um, they, they just... Algaier continues to have that role and, and he's going to have that role. So we kind of need Bijan to break off a big play. He wasn't used out of the backfield as much as I, I kind of envisioned that he would be. Um, one of the main points was that he had received four targets in, in every game through, through four weeks. He only got two targets last week. Um, he caught both of them. One of them was an incredible catch, like behind the back almost. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Oh, that was but, a phenomenal catch, um, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, but I just I, this guy is so talented. He can he can just go erupt on any slate. So I'm I'm going to continue playing Bijan. I know Algaier is a thing. I just I don't care that much. Um, I just I, I'm playing Bijan for the upside. The pass catchers I have some interest in as well. Um, you mentioned Janu, Kyle Pitts finally did something last week. Eleven targets for him. Um, put up fifteen and a half DraftKings points. He's still really cheap at thirty five hundred. So if he's going to continue to be out there and and they're looking his way, it, I think you have to play him. There's upside there. And then Drake London is another guy I have interest in at, at 4,800. Um, Washington has been just torched by outside wide receivers this season. So I think London's price at 4,800 is really nice. Atlanta obviously doesn't throw the ball a ton, but the pricing here, um, I don't want to stack up the game or anything. It's going to be more like a, just two pieces from the game, one, one from each side. And then I do want to mention the Atlanta defense as well. Sam Howell is taking sacks at a record pace. I don't think the Atlanta defense is anything to write home about, but Howell turns the ball over and he takes a ton of sacks. So I'm, I'm interested in the Atlanta defense. Do you have a question in chat? If Ritter is a play this week, he has a little upside at 5K. He showed it last week, right? He put up 29 fantasy points. So like he has some upside. I think this game in general is a little sneaky for like secondary stacks. I'm with you. I don't know if I get to like a Ritter stack. Um, Basically one of the reasons that I have problem with like stacking Ritter is because like, you got to have so many variations of it because you got to have London, you got to have some pitch. You probably have to have some John Smith Ritter with Bijan is potentially like a play. So like, I don't probably, I don't get the Ritter here, but like this game, like the secondary pieces in this game is just very underrated in general. Um, the total has climbed since it's opened and both of these fast defenses are, are bad. Both of these defenses are bottom, you know, 15 defenses in the league. Both pass defenses are 29th and 28th in DVOA against the pass. Like there's nothing bad about this matchup in the passing game. It's just, it's, 
it's Desmond Renner and Sam Howell mm-hmm. facing off against each other. I mean, that's and I think just con- uh, slate context is another important thing. There's some quarterbacks in the mid range that we're going to absolutely love. There's two guys in particular that I just feel like are, are way underpriced. So not sure that I'm going down this low this week. Let's talk about some quarterbacks. Minnesota at Chicago, 43 and a half total in this one. Minnesota, a three point favorite going into Chicago. Um, Keith, I mean, Chicago, second worst DVOA. I mean, in the league, they have been awful. Kirk Cousins is going to be without um, his best wide receiver here in Jefferson. I think a lot of people are going to talk about Addison and Osborne, and I agree with everything they're going to say. I mean, this is a, a fantastic spot. But my my thought is, like, Madison has a, a phenomenal spot against the Chicago run defense. Control the clock a little bit here on the road, and, like, Alexander Madison's super cheap. Like, I think Madison's one of the top running back plays on the entire slate. Man, I, I think you absolutely nailed the breakdown of this game. Losing a player like Justin Jefferson, we have no idea how this Minnesota op- offense is going to operate. They were one of the pass heaviest teams in the entire league when uh, Justin Jefferson was on the field. So taking him away definitely causes cause for, uh, for some concern uh, for their efficiency, even against a horrible b- defense like Chicago. Like there's just, like they're missing one of the top two or three players in the entire NFL. So that's a huge deal. I have confidence in Jordan Addison. I think he's a, a super talented wide receiver, um, and I will I will definitely play some Addison. I think he's he's too cheap for for this spot against Chicago. A little bit of wind in this game is concerning. Maybe it takes a couple of deep targets off of his plate, but I just feel like they're going to scheme him the ball. He he's their most talented playmaker on offense now. You could put Hawkinson in that that conversation too, just because of his position. Um, but I feel like Addison's going to have the ball in his hands a ton here. He's just too cheap. But I'm right there with you on, on Madison. I don't think he's going to be all that popular. Fantastic spot. Um, just 5600 I I really like the price. Yes, Cam Akers is there, but he hasn't really shown enough to to scare me off of Madison. Um, I think if, if Minnesota can play from ahead here, he could see 20 carries in this spot. Yeah, I think Madison is like the contrarian play because I mean Cousins is going to get ownership. I think Hawkinson is going to be the highest owned tight end on the slate. Um, especially with Laporta banged up, um, some potential weather in that Tampa game in general. So I, I really think Hawkinson's going to have um, the the highest ownership here. And I mean, Hawkinson, if I had to pick a guy that scores the most raw points at tight end, I, I would he would be up towards the top of my list for sure. Um, he's expensive. Addison's fifty seven hundred. Born Osborne is is forty four hundred. Um, I, I think like a guy like Powell could get involved as well at 3k like if you're playing large field tournament stuff and you want to mix a little brandon powell or if you want to play early only and you're building kind of a chalkier build um and you want to get different on an early only slate i think brandon powell is interesting in that build as well so he's just so cheap that he's going to be involved um he's going to have some targets and they like to get him a couple rushing attempts as well um so i just think he's he's somewhat interesting in this game Fantastic spot for Minnesota. Chicago allows the third most uh, passing yards per game. So, um, I mean, they, they just neither one of these teams, these two teams rank last and second to last in pressuring quarterbacks. I mean, they're they're just going to have a ton of time to throw. Um, so, yeah, I mean, no one should no one should talk you off of playing Addison, Osborne, anybody. I'm just saying, like, I don't mind playing Osborne or Addison with Madison. 
because I, I do think Minnesota has a chance to score three, four, five touchdowns in this game. Um, it's just how is the offense going to look without the best wide receiver in the NFL? I mean, Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, like this is a guy that you can't replace that production. You can't. I mean, sorry. Uh, Chicago side, Justin Fields is in a fantastic spot. I mean, I love this spot for Justin Fields. We've seen two really big first halves in a row. They didn't let off the gas pedal last week against Washington and really kind of just kept pouring it on. We saw DJ Moore have an outstanding game against Washington last week, kind of why we were talking about Drake London um, in the game before this. FanDuel, DJ Moore, the price is caught up. DraftKings, I still think DJ Moore is a thousand maybe fifteen hundred dollars too cheap for this role in this matchup love dj morgan this week keith i think he's one of the top wide receiver plays on the slate i think fields is one of the best quarterback plays on the slate i don't love commit as much as i loved him last week but i think he's a phenomenal play i just the running back situation is something like herbert's doubtful johnson's questionable homer's questionable like i don't think johnson plays not practicing thursday with a concussion is a tough road Talk to me here as I am fully winded now breaking down Chicago. Yeah, I mean, if you don't think Roshan Johnson plays, then I think we're going to be in for some Deontay Foreman because I don't think Khalil Herbert's playing. Um, they, they were talking this could be a multiple-week thing for Herbert. I'm surprised that he hasn't been ruled out already, honestly. Um, we have not seen a player this week be diagnosed with a concussion and then be back the following week yet this NFL season. This game was on Thursday, so it does give Johnson a couple of extra days to get back. It's possible that he still plays, but um, like this, this Chicago backfield could be a nightmare. Foreman is forty four hundred. I don't think he's very good, but he might be the only guy left in town. Like there's there, like Homer is questionable as well. If Homer can't suit up and and Johnson and Herbert are out, it's Foreman and who they they just signed Darrington Evans, I believe it was off of somebody's practice squad. He does know the system. Um, he was on the Bears practice squad last last season. But still, I mean, we, we're talking about Foreman having a potentially massive role here. Um, at, at just 4,400, I don't I don't love it, but I think that you, you would have to have a little bit of interest just because of the price. Totally agree with everything you said on, on DJ Moore. Dude looks awesome. Like, this is what they should be doing um, with this guy, the most talented receiver I've seen in Chicago in a long time. Mooney is really cheap as well. 3,700. His role has not been great this season, but you can take some shots at 3,700, I think. Um, and then Komet, the other one you mentioned, he's had an awesome red zone role this season. Price is getting up there at 4,600, but I, I think there's multiple, there's two touchdown upside here. Yeah. Another um, note about Mooney as well, as far as your bears are concerned, like St. Brown is dealing with a hamstring injury and he didn't practice on Thursday either. Um, looking like he might miss this game as well. So uh, Mooney's going to be out on the field a ton in this game. I mean, we might even see some targets to like a Tyler Scott in this game. I don't think I'd play him, uh, but I, I think he could get some targets. I think DJ Moore is in line for um, another big game. I, I really do. I think this is a fantastic spot. I love Justin Fields in this spot. I think he's, like I said, I think he's one of the top quarterback spend-ups um, on the yeah, we gloss slate. over him a little bit, but I'm I'm totally on board with that. Like the rushing is back. There's potentially some wind in this game, so maybe it takes away some downfield stuff, and he runs a little bit more. But I like I don't care what the weather looks like. Fields Fields can get there in multiple different ways. So completely with you on Fields. Yeah, I mean he's been playing great. You know, again like yeah. 
two weeks ago against Denver, they were they should have won that game by 20, and they just kind of let off. And, I mean, they didn't do that last week. It was good to see the adjustments and corrections there from Chicago. Um, Seattle at Cincinnati is where we go next. 44.5 total in this game. Cincinnati a 2.5-point favorite. We'll start here with the Seattle side. Keith, I'll let you give me your thoughts here on Seattle first. I have a lot of thoughts on this team this week, and I will mention really quick that DK Metcalf with the rib injury um, did not practice again on uh, Thursday this week. Yeah, so I'm actually interested in this game overall, and it's basically because I think the Bengals' offense is back, and I I know we're going to talk about that quite a bit here. Um, DK has been dealing with this rib injury since week two, I, I think he's fine, and I think he plays. He, I do like him in this spot. Um, the Cincinnati defense is is solid, but not as good as they were last season. Tyler Lockett, I think, is in play as well at fifty seven hundred. I don't know that I'm double stacking. Like I'm not using Geno Smith and, and double stacking those guys. I'm really more interested in, in them as runbacks on the Cincinnati stuff. Um, and then Kenneth Walker, I think, is is very much in play here as well. Um, Charbonnet has has started to get a little bit more run. They're coming off of a bye week, so maybe he's more involved than he has been. But Walker has has received at least 17 carries in each of the last three games. Assuming that Charbonnet doesn't cut into that too much, I, I like the role for the $6,700 price. Yeah, I like Walker a lot this week. I think this is a, a phenomenal spot for him. And uh, just kind of looking at projected ownership and some rankings across the industry like he seems like he's going to be someone that's just a little overlooked in this spot and Cincinnati is allowing the second most rushing yards per game they rank 30th in DVOA against the run this year so I think this is a great spot for Walker you're a little worried like you said about Charbonnet but I still think Walker is going to get his touches in this one so uh, love teams coming off of a bye early in the early in the season. I think that you know gives gives the team uh, an extra week to kind of prepare and you know kind of fix some mistakes they've been making. And you know they're coming off of three wins in a row. Um, Seattle is after losing um, week one against the Rams, so they're three and one. They've looked really good here recently, and I think that this is a spot we're going to fire up some Walker. We're going to fire up some Metcalf if he plays, Lockett if he doesn't. Um, Jigba, if, if, if Metcalf sits, I really like Jigba this week at at 3,600. Cause I I do think like, this is going to be a game that is going to have some scoring and we're going to talk about Cincinnati, but I think the Seattle passing game and Walker, very interesting, uh, this week. So Cincinnati side, uh, Joe Burrow was one of my favorite quarterback plays last week. We talked about him in depth and we talked about Jamar chase. They didn't disappoint Keith. That was that was no. a game from Jamar Chase that, you know, we you had to have him last week if you were doing anything. Um, so loved loved him last week. And uh, hey, guess what, Keith? I'm going right back to the well. Seattle, as bad as Seattle has been defensively this year, they have been really good against the run. And Joe Mixon is not a guy that I think is just going to absolutely light me up. And if he does, he does. But I'm going to be underweight on Mixon, maybe even fade Mixon, and just go full-on Cincinnati passing attack this week because I think that's where they're going to beat the Seattle defense. I am so with you. I I was way overweight the field on Joe Mixon last week, and I'm here to tell you he sucks. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm done with Joe Mixon. They're, the efficiency is gone. Uh, he had all of the opportunities, 25 rushing attempts. And could not crack 100 yards. Like, 
just a brutal game from Joe Mixon against a, a Arizona defense that is just looks awful. So I'm done with Joe Mixon. He's probably going to get 20 carries again. I, I don't care. I'm I'm fading Joe Mixon. I'm completely with you on the, the Cincinnati passing game. Um, sounds like T. Higgins has a chance to play. I feel like that's going to be – we've seen T. Higgins do this thing where he's out there on the field and he just literally does not receive a target the entire game. He's just out there as more of a decoy. Um, so Jamar Chase wheels up. He's, one, again, one of my favorite wide receivers on the entire slate. I was way overweight him last week and still managed to lose money. Um, I, I wasn't as hot on Burrow as you when we recorded the podcast, but I came around by Sunday, and, and that definitely worked out. The price is still way too low. He looked, to me, far better than he has at any point this season. Um, just 6,300. We've seen him up in the high sevens before. So I feel like he's 1,500 underpriced in this spot against Seattle. You mentioned Seattle's a bit of a pass funnel. Um, it's it's Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase for me. It's going to be one of my highest on stacks, absolutely. Yeah, four rushing attempts last week for Joe Burrow. Um, yeah. I think that is he something. He made some really can... nice moves out of the pocket as well. Like yep. when he was getting pressured, he was just he was moving like like we know Joe Burrow can. Yeah, he I'm with you. I think that he's just way underpriced again on DraftKings. And even on FanDuel, I feel like he still has a really fair price tag on uh FanDuel. I haven't checked like um Yahoo or owner's box, but I think Yahoo is like 25, 26 or something last week. So uh that could be really solid. I will say um as far as T Higgins is concerned, until until I see like until I see like T Higgins have that like game, I'm not really going to be playing a lot of T Higgins unless his price comes way down, uh, even if he is active. If T Higgins is not active, we saw Trenton Irwin very involved last week. He's 3,300, another guy that we have for volume. 10 targets last week um, and 3,300. So very much interested in Trenton Irwin if Higgins ends up sitting. Cause again, I really just want to be overweight on the Cincinnati passing attack and, I mean, you could build a really strong team with Burrow, Chase, and Irwin if Higgins is out. That I mean, Irwin gives you a ton of salary relief here. So just wanted to mention him. All right, moving on to the most overrated game of the weekend. I can't wait to talk about this game. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers, Cleveland Browns. This game opened at, I think, 38.5. It's down to 35.5. Uh, San Francisco, a nine and a half point favorite. It does not sound like Deshaun Watson is going to play this week. Um, again, he didn't practice. It sounds like PJ Walker is going to start for Cleveland this week. Let's start with San Francisco. We always start with a visiting team anyway. Um, I'm going to let you go first, and then I'm going to poo-poo over everything you say. Um <laughs> Just going, just know this going in. Going in, I know that Christian McCaffrey is the best fantasy running back in football. I know that. Um, I, I'm not I'm not going to be the one that sits here and says that he's not. I just hate, hate, hate his price against Cleveland this week. So I agree. The price is, is very tough. I will say that I, my exposure to Christian McCaffrey this week depends almost entirely on Eli Mitchell. Um, like if Mitchell is not active, they have no choice but to run McCaffrey out there for as like I assume that you hate this game because it's a low total. San Francisco likely blows them out. Um, there's a little bit of weather in this game as well. It's an outdoor game. 
and McCaffrey is fully priced up at 9,500. But while Eli Mitchell has been out, McCaffrey's role has just been absolutely insane. Um, we we know what Christian McCaffrey can do. The matchup is not ideal, but I still feel like San Francisco rolls. Like they look like an absolute juggernaut of an offense. Um, nobody has been able to slow them down. I feel like they could put up 30 points by halftime, even against this Cleveland defense, uh, who's looked really good this season. I'm not playing Brock Purdy, but I do absolutely love Brandon Ayuk as well in this spot. Uh, Cleveland plays man defense at the second highest rate in the NFL, only the Cowboys play it higher than them. And Brandon Ayuk has absolutely smashed man defenses throughout his career. He's 6,200. He's, he's priced up. Um, but like the Debo Ayuk conversation is almost always about if a team skews more heavily, heavily man versus zone. And this is absolutely a Brandon Ayuk spot for me. I don't think I'm stacking the game. I have obviously no interest in the Cleveland side, especially if PJ Walker is the quarterback. I don't have any interest if um, if uh, Watson plays either. Um, it's it's strictly about some San Francisco exposure here, and it's because I think they're the best team in the NFL, and they can put up 30 points by halftime. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think they can put up 30 points in this game. Um, I also could see them using Jordan Mason a lot this week. And a lot, I mean, like getting him like 10 touches um, to kind of help a little bit with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he had 10 carries last week against Dallas in that game. And I just honestly, I, I feel like overall, Christian McCaffrey at this price point still likely needs two touchdowns. Um, unless he just has a huge game through the air. I just don't feel like this is that game. I feel like this is a game where, San Francisco just cruises to a win. It's like 24 to nothing. Um, I don't think Cleveland scores this week. I think they're going to get shut out. Um, I mean, I love the San Francisco's defense. We don't ever talk about paying up for defense. It's something I absolutely hate doing, almost like paying up for catcher because um, defenses are so random. But the 49ers defense should smash the Cleveland Browns this week. And it's like – do I pay up for the top price defense and the top running back when the running back is kind of hurt by a ceiling if the game gets out of hand? I mean, just, I don't know. I I like Christian McCaffrey. Um, he had 15 fantasy points last week, and they absolutely cruised in that Dallas game. And I just worry that it's going to be the same game. Like the Arizona game the week before that, he had seven catches for 70 yards in the passing game. He had 50 fantasy points because he was so used. Like, if Christian McCaffrey scores 25 fantasy points, does he beat me this week? Probably not. So that's that's all I'm saying on the Christian McCaffrey front. I love the Ayuk call. Anytime there's zone, we want Debo. Anytime there's man-to-man, we want Ayuk. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but it really has been a system that has really worked for this these two guys um, over the last year and a half. So we'll keep doing it, but... Um, I don't have a ton of interest in this game overall. I'll probably have a little bit of exposure to Ayuk. I'll definitely have some exposure to um, the San Francisco defense. But overall, Keith, I just don't like this game. Um, I just don't like this game overall. Cleveland side, I'm with you. I, I mean, I can't get behind anybody here. Like, Elijah Moore is cheap. Najoku's cheap. I just not against the, the, the 49ers and not with Deshaun Watson not playing. Um, I just it's a full fade spot for me. I don't see any I don't see any ceiling, and I play mostly tournaments, so I don't see any ceiling here for Cleveland. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I will not have any exposure to Cleveland. I'm not looking for runbacks. I'm not looking to correlate. I think San Francisco wins this game by multiple scores. Um, I just want a little bit of exposure to those San Francisco guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, all right, moving on. Don't have to spend a lot of time on that game. That game's ugly. This game's interesting. Saints and Texans in Houston. New Orleans, a one and a half point favorite, 42 and a half total in this one. Let's talk Saints first here. Um, I mean, Alvin Kamara might actually be a guy that, you know, we need to talk about more and more. Last week, tough matchup against New England. And I mean, they gave him 22 carries. And that's kind of what we were waiting to see what was going to happen here and kind of found out what was going to happen. They're going to definitely rely on him. We saw Olave kind of back into a wide open touchdown in the back of the end zone. I still don't know if Derek Carr is a hundred percent and that's always concerning to me. Um, this is now three straight games. He's thrown for under 200 yards. So, and the Houston defense, again, I think they're very underrated um, just in general. I think this might be a spot where it's like Kamara and it might be a spot Keith, that I play a little bit of Michael Thomas, just cheap getting targets. Um, I don't necessarily love Alave. I love his ceiling in general, but I don't love this spot. Maybe I'm overthinking this spot. What are your thoughts on New Orleans? I mean, I, I'm not in love with New Orleans either. And it it just it dates back to that that Derek Carr injury. I, I don't think Carr is is healthy, and that limits the upside of the like the most attractive piece in this offense is Chris Olave. And if he's not getting those down the field targets because Carr is not 100%, then I just don't have a ton of interest here. Um, I was underweight on Kamara last week. I played Joe Mixon in cash over him, and that that really hurt me. So I'm, I'm believing in Kamara, and this is a fantastic matchup for Kamara. I think that that's where my my Saints exposure comes from. Um, they found a way to get him involved in, in both game scripts. They were way behind against Tampa Bay, and he saw 14 targets. They were way ahead against New England. He saw 22 carries. So completely game script proof. I'm, I'm in on Kamara. I'm probably staying away from, from the new Orleans passing game. It is in a dome, but I, I'm like you, I, I have a little respect for this Houston defense. They played really well. Obviously their, their head coach is a, a defensive guru. So I, I believe what Houston's doing on defense is, is real um, for that reason. Just Kamara for me. I like both of these defenses this week. I think both defenses in this game are um, underpriced in the fantasy world. So I think this is a game 
you can look for some cheaper uh, defensive play. I think the Saints are like 33 on DraftKings and the Texans are like 29. I'll probably have exposure to both of those defenses this week. And I don't know. I don't necessarily need to pair a running back with those defenses either. Um, I like Kamara in a game where they're going to be trailing. I think that's where you're going to get his ceiling. So I don't necessarily want to pair him. And I think this is a really tough spot for Pierce. Um, and Singletary is still getting some run there. Let's talk about the Houston passing game. Um, it doesn't sound like Tank Dell is going to pra- play this week. He's dealing with a concussion, did not practice Thursday. Again, missing practice on Thursday with a concussion is extremely hard to play on Sunday. He would need to practice fully um, on Friday, tomorrow, today, if you're listening on Friday, uh, to you know play in this game. I-, I feel like Robert Woods is kind of banged up. Nico Collins is still really nice price-wise. This is a tough spot. I mean, this is a, a, a good secondary. Um, I mean, look at what the Saints have done this season. They're allowing 197 passing yards per game. That's the third fewest in the NFL. Um, they rank 10th in run defense or run DVOA and 7th in pass DVOA. What are your thoughts here on Houston? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for the New Orleans defense as well. So it, it's not as high as I feel like it should be. A, a dome game, like... I think the the wide receiver injuries are, are interesting with Dell questionable. Noah Brown was designated to return from IR as well. So he has a chance to play in this spot. Not that I'm interested in him. I just think it, it, it makes the receiver situation even more convoluted where the first couple of weeks, it was like Nico Collins is the guy um, finally saw a, a dip in targets last week. I Nico Collins would still be the guy I want to play, especially like, Dell's price is now almost ne- right next to him. So give me Nico Collins if I'm if I'm looking to correlate with Kamara a little bit, but not a ton of interest overall. Um, I played some Stroud last week, not going back there in, in a tough matchup against New Orleans. So someone, Aaron in chat says, Collins heavy chalk. Is that true? I no. Looked. 13% I ownership? I mean, that's higher than I want, want it to be, but... Um... Yeah, I mean, I like the price for the role that he's he's gotten, but I, I don't love the matchup. I do like that it's in a dome. There, I, I see pros and cons on both sides. Yeah, I think if like he's fifteen percent owner owned. There's no way I'm playing him. I think Marquise Brown and Josh Downs are the two cheap, like chalky yeah. wide receivers this week. Um, we'll talk about them when we get there. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think this is a game that's going to be lo- a lot lower scoring than people kind of um, expect. So we'll see how it pans out. Colts and Jags, 44 and a half total in this game. It opened at 46 and a half. It's been bet down a little bit. I don't know if that was Anthony Richardson or Minshew, but uh, Jags a four and a half point favorite in this one. AR uh, 15 out for a while. Um, it sounds like he is going to miss four to eight weeks. Even if the Colts aren't in it when he's ready to play, he'll still come back and play because he is a rookie. They're, they're going to want to get him reps. Um, just hate it for him. I mean, he's shown some, you know, flashes of upside. Uh, as far as for the Colts, for fantasy purposes, the passing game has definitely looked better with Minshew. Um, you know, he's not going to tuck and run like Anthony Richardson is. That is one of the reasons that Josh Down is getting um, talked about, and you know, is someone that's going to have some ownership at forty one hundred this week. Uh, I think the Jags' defense is solid. I think Pittman is solid. I think Downs is solid. 
I don't mind Granson. I, there are tight ends that I like better than him this week. Um, what are your thoughts here? Are are you playing Minshew at 5K? Are you looking at some of these pass catchers here for the Colts? Um, are you touching this two-headed uh, running attack from Taylor and Moss? Um, what are your thoughts on the Colts? No interest in, in Minshew for, for me. Like I know he's competent and he is really cheap, but like I kind of touched on, Burrow is in a great spot. He's too cheap. Fields is a little bit too cheap. And Trevor Lawrence is another guy that I think is a little bit too cheap this week. We'll get to him in, in short order. But no Minshew for me. Not touching the running back situation. Zach Moss looks legitimately good. I had no exposure to him last week. That was obviously a big mistake as he just absolutely went off against Tennessee. Um, and it's like he's not getting lucky. He's He looks legitimately good out there this week. I don't think he's going anywhere. I still think they just gave – Jonathan Taylor all the money he's no doubt going to run ahead of Zach Moss but I think Moss is going to have a role here um the Jacksonville run defense is is solid so I don't think I'm messing with the backfield at all I do have some interest in in run backs on some Trevor Lawrence stuff though so Michael Pittman is is the guy I want to get up to um we saw him have double digit targets the last game Gardner Minshew played um Josh Downs as well I think is is totally fine got to keep an eye on the ownership the ceiling is limited on him. I, I feel like he's not going to run deep down the field routes. Um, if he finds the end zone, I guess he, he might be a guy that you need because he, he's a guy that can catch eight to 10 balls. Um, but I, I probably get underweight on him if he's super expensive to go overweight on, on Pittman. And I, I either change the build up a little bit or find another wide receiver down here that's cheap. But Pittman is my favorite run back for sure. I'll play a little Granson as well. He has almost scored the last two weeks, I believe. Um, I think it was the against the Rams where he was almost in there, but he's gotten tackled on the goal line like twice. He's twenty nine hundred with his role. Like, give me give me three catches and a touchdown, and and that's totally fine at twenty nine hundred. Yeah, I think the Colts are really interesting. I do. I think Minshew's interesting on Fanduel. Um, in my notes anyway, my notes say that Minshew's interesting on Fanduel. He's sixty five hundred over there. We don't have as many like cheap quarterback options on Fanduel this week as we do on DraftKings. I don't necessarily think um, I won't play any Minshew depending on how many teams I build, but I'm much more interested in like Pittman and Downs um, running back a Lawrence Ridley um, Kirk's type of stack. So uh, let's talk about the Jags. I mean, ceiling, I still think Ridley has the highest ceiling, but I think Christian Kirk is the guy that has the more consistent role right now. Um, You know, we were like after week one, we were like, oh man, this is Calvin Ridley's team. You know, where's Christian Kirk? They have since very much fixed that problem. Um, and Lawrence has looked great. What are your thoughts here um, on the Jags? Yeah, I, I mean, I love the Jags passing attack. It's one of my favorite spots of, of the entire week. Um, and it's primarily because of in, Indy's boundary corners. Uh, they're just, they're like undrafted free agents, basically. Um, Kenny Moore is their their stud corner. He plays in the slot a lot. So it's, it's Calvin Ridley for Christian Kirk. Over um, over Christian Kirk for me this week. Lawrence Ridley is going to be right up there with Chase Chase and Burrow stacks. Um, I love this spot for them here. Evan Ingram is a guy that we can't forget about either. He's still getting targeted. He hasn't put up a monster game yet, but eight targets in each of the last four games, 4,500, I think. If he finds the end zone, um, he could put up a monster score here. So I, I love Lawrence. I'll use a little Kirk, even though it's a tougher matchup for him. Um, Ridley's my primary target. Uh, and Evan Ingram will will find his way into builds as well. 
Zay Jones still questionable. I hopefully he he sits again because I I have no interest in that. I just don't think that he's very good, um, and I think it raises the ceiling for Kirk if he's out. Yeah, a lot of uh, injuries to the Colts secondary. Uh, they're just not good. You know, they're a pass funnel anyway, and they're allowing 280 passing yards per game. Um, their run defense has been struggling a little bit this season as well, where they have been able to shut down the run uh, for the last couple of years. So I could see ETN having a, a decent game, and I just don't think he's going to have that same type of game he had last week um, against Buffalo. And I feel like there's going to be some – there's going to be some, <laughs> like – chasers of box scores for etn this week yep. and i am much more interested in the passing attack for jacksonville uh carolina at miami 47 and a half total in this game the dolphins a 13 and a half point favorite we'll start with carolina the good thing about carolina is we know who to run it back with i feel like right um adam Thielen yeah. has just become you know one of the best <laughs> wide receivers in football i mean this is a guy that i mean with minnesota they just didn't need him anymore like uh, honestly like they they just didn't need him and like he's found a role here with this young quarterback and they've looked great together um one thing that we do need to mention miles sanders did not practice again on thursday if he were to sit miami's a bad run defense and if Sanders is out. I'd play a little bit of Hubbard here. Um, I wouldn't love myself for doing it, but I'd play a little bit. My main target for Carolina is going to be Thielen. I'm going to mix in some Chark. I'll probably mix in some Mingo, um, maybe even some Hayden Hurst, but it's because I love the Dolphins this week. They should absolutely smash in this spot. Yeah, Thielen the top play for me pretty easily as well. Dude's role has just been amazing. Price keeps going up, but it's probably still not high enough um we've seen the the ceiling where he can get the double digit targets and if he finds the end zone it's it's a smash for him he has way too much upside for 5900 agree with your assessment on the running back situation i don't want to play miles sanders at all but chuba hubbard is a guy i would have some interest in if sanders is out because he's already has a passing game role obviously we think miami's going to play from well ahead in this spot hubbard could catch five six balls out of the backfield um, especially with no Sanders there. And then he gets all the rushing work on top of that. Like I'm, I'm in on Chuba Hubbard at 4,300. I, I would prefer him to Foreman if, if the Bears situation shakes out where they're missing their top two guys. Um, I, I would prefer Hubbard if Sanders is out. Um, yeah, no, no stacks for me here. Just simply run backs on Miami stuff. Yeah. Really like feeling. Um, and I, again, I think like, DJ Chark at 4K is a fantastic. They're good. Carolina is going to be playing from behind in this game. I mean, let's yeah. just say it how it is. They're going to be playing from behind in this game. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Dolphins fan. Jonathan Mingo is getting targets. He is an extremely talented young player. Um, don't sleep on him either. I, I mean, Thielen is, I think, the guy that's going to rack up the catches. I think like Chark and Mingo um, still have that like upside, and like Terrence Marshall is very involved as well. Um, he's someone that could be, um, but he didn't, I don't think he played a snap last weekend, um, which was kind no, of his weird. big game was when, when Mingo was out with the concussion. Now that yeah, you're right. back, I, yeah. I'm not sure he has a role. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, most art is in a phenomenal spot. Um, a Chan 
goes to the IR. Um, game log watching on Thielen. You have to watch Carolina play. I mean, he is captain checkdown. He, he was hurt. On- <laughs> yeah, he was hurt in week one against Atlanta. Like he wasn't a hundred percent. He's had at least eight targets in four straight games. Like he is a target monster. We don't expect Adam Thielen to keep scoring these touchdowns. He scores 24 last week without a touchdown. He scores 28 the week before that. Um, Like you don't need him to even score a touchdown. He's just, he's a target catch monster right now. Um, Game log, I'll game log watch him, but I'll definitely continue to look at his target share because it's one of the highest in the league right now. So Um, Miami, HN, IR, Wilson is limited in practice for the last couple days. I, I follow the beat reporters. I am, again, I am a Dolphins fan. There's still an opportunity for Jeff Wilson to play this weekend, um, but everything I've read, they want to see him practice fully. They don't have to bring him back this week. They have 21 days. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if he sits. The question is, like, if he sits, um, is it Ahmed or Chris Brooks or both that are going to play behind Mozart? Um so that's interesting. But Mozart is way too cheap on DraftKings with no HN this week at 6,400 against one of the worst run defenses in the league. Tyreek Hill, um, let's, uh, let's just keep doing it, man. I mean, don't forget about Jalen Waddle in tournaments, but Tyreek, his his thing where he said he wants to have over 2,000 receiving yards this year, I mean, good luck stopping huh? this guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, good luck stopping him. Yeah, I mean, Miami, poor one out for A-Chan, man. That guy was a ton of fun to watch. Hopefully he can get back Great punt returner, and, Keith. He was a great uh, – we drafted him as a great punt returner. <laughs> so sad. I hate to see injuries. Dude looked awesome, but hopefully he gets back quickly. Um, Mostert is, is one of the best running back players on the entire slate. They should play from well ahead. I hope that Jeff Wilson doesn't suit up for this game, but even if he does, I'm not concerned. Mostert is going to have the lead role here, no doubt about it. Um, And he's been explosive this season as well. It's not like you need him to get 20 carries for him to have a a huge game. They're going to be playing from well ahead. The A-chan injury should give him the majority of the goal line stuff. Like They were using A-chan a ton um, inside the 10 and inside the 5, so Mostert actually gets a a huge boost from that. 6,400, just way too cheap. Agree. Tyreek, got to have some exposure. I did not have enough last week. I had way too much Justin Jefferson. Um, that was another thing that that really burned me. Tyreek just looks phenomenal. Um, with Jeff, Jeff, Jefferson Hurd, he's probably the best wide receiver in fantasy. We're, we're getting to another one later on down the slate who looked amazing as well in his first game this season. Um, agree with the Waddle call. Like I've, I've played a ton of Waddle here already this season. It has not worked out so far. But I know that 150-yard two-touchdown game is coming very soon. He's just way too good of a player for him not to put up that that type of a line in a couple of games this year. Um, so Waddle continues to be one of my favorite tournament plays. I'm just I'm looking to get exposure to to those three guys: Hill, Waddle, and Mostert as, as much as I can. Is this a spot where we could five-man stack this game? Like, does this game have that much potential? And like Thielen, we know his potential, but like if Chargers Char- is out. I was going to say, out, like, and you have Hubbard, yep. Yeah. yeah I, well, I was going to say, like, Chark and Mingo are so cheap, like, as secondary, like, wide receiver plays to, like, Thielen. So, like, Thielen, Mingo, or Chark with Tua, Hill, and I would probably Mozart, um, to be honest. Like, I think I would play the quarterback, running back, wide receiver stack, which I don't typically do. 
Uh, Miami is just a different animal. Um, I could see Miami scoring like five touchdowns in this game. And like, if you can get four of four or five of those touchdowns with your stack and Carolina, I think Carolina keeps the game somewhat close. I mean, Bryce Young has not been playing terrible. Carolina has not been atrociously bad. De- Detroit, it was a really good defense. Like we keep underestimating how good the Detroit defense is. Uh, I don't think we are anymore, but like that was a really tough matchup for them last week. He hasn't been playing bad. He's been completing. He had three touchdowns against the tough Detroit team. Like, I think they can keep this game close enough where a, a game like five man game stack actually works. And we have a lot of ceiling here. So um, I like this game a lot. I think a lot of people like this game a lot for good reason. Um, this should be a phenomenal DFS game. I will say, like, it's been bet down a, a, a point since it opened. It opened at 48 and a half. I'm not too concerned about that. I think there's going to be plenty of scoring in this game. All right, New England at Las Vegas, taking on the Raiders, 41.5 total here. Vegas, a two-and-a-half point favorite. We'll start here with New England. They've looked atrocious. Um, I don't know what is going on with this offense. Um, Love the spot. I mean, this is a if there was ever a spot to kind of get it going, uh, the the Raiders are not a great defense. Um, I know they played really good um, on Monday night against Green Bay. But Monday night football games are different. Uh, talk to me here. What are your thoughts on the New England team? I I just can't do it. Like they're they're super cheap. Um, it's a decent spot here against Las Vegas, but Mac Jones has just looked so bad that I don't feel like the pass catchers have enough upside. Stevenson has been losing a little bit of work to Zeke. Like I'm just I have almost no interest here in New England whatsoever. The pricing is the only thing that is keeping me even still looking at the spot um like Kendrick Bourne at 4200 I don't hate Hunter Henry's price has come up a little bit so I like I, he I played him a bunch the first couple of weeks and it it worked out well but now that he's up at, at 4400 a little bit too too much when he was 3900 4k I, I was interested but um yeah just not a ton of interest here uh Juju concussion potentially out um did not practice Thursday so I think I really think this is a fantastic spot for more. Um, it doesn't sound like Thornton's going to play this week. He is practicing right now. And like, he is in that window as far as like the IR is concerned. Um, I don't think he plays, but kind of pay attention to that. Cause if he does play, I think he'd be like wide receiver two, potentially wide receiver three behind Bourne and Parker. Um, I like Bourne this week. I, I have interest in the passing game. A little bit of interest in Josh Jacobs, not as much as other people. Um, but I have interest in, in the Raiders side of this game. I also have a little interest in both defenses in this game because just how bad these offenses have been this season. I mean, like just the offenses in general, if we're looking at just like grades, have been awful. <laughs> so uh, what wins? Bad offense or bad defense? We'll see uh, in this game this weekend. I just think that Bourne is too cheap. Um we saw week one and two that, you know, they were going to him a lot and he had a lot of upside in those games. So I think this is a spot they, they try to get him going again. Um, they need to get him going. They have to, as far as the tight end situation, Gasecki and Brown are way more involved now. Like Hunter Henry is losing snaps and routes. Um, like he had two targets against New Orleans last week. They were down by 34. Like, so 
I don't know if I touch the tight end situation. <clears throat> we have a lot of great tight end plays this week. If I was going to play one of them, I think Henry has the highest ceiling. Um, but I mean, Gasecki had a had a red zone, you know, touch or target last week. He had it was like right outside the back of the end zone or something. Um, so, yeah, I don't trust the tight end situation at all. Vegas side, um, home favorites typically lead to running back plays. Josh Jacobs is priced up. He really hasn't looked amazing. He had the game against the Chargers where he had a ton of catches out of the backfield. I don't think they're going to be trailing. I think he gets like 20 to 25 rushing attempts, and that's why you're you're just playing him for his sheer volume this week um, more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that led the, the league in rushing last season. He's not He has not looked like that same guy so far this year. Um, just the missed time. Maybe this is a spot that he gets back on track. Um, they're giving him the opportunities now. He had 20 carries last week against Green Bay to go along with five targets. So he still has an elite, elite role. And we paid almost 9K for him before when, when he was having a much more efficient season last year. Um, 7K is too cheap for this spot, in my opinion. It sounds like he's going to be pretty popular, though. And I don't know that I try to get overweight on him if that's going to be the case, just because... New England has a, a decent run defense, um, but the you can't. I think it's pretty tough to ignore the price and the role for for Jacobs. The wide receivers are interesting to me. We saw Jacoby Myers go absolutely nuts last week with Devontae Adams clearly hobbled. Um, Ten targets for Myers. Uh, Adams is is still on the injury report with that shoulder injury. If he's limited again, I have a lot of interest in in Jacoby Myers. Um, also want to mention Michael Mayer, the tight end. Saw him get involved for the first time last week. Super talented prospect. Did not see the field very much through the first four weeks, uh, but he was out there and looked really good while he was out there. Only three targets, uh, but I expect his role to continue to grow every week. So $2,500 for a, uh, a a tight end that's this talented, I'm, I'm in on that. Yeah, they drafted him early, didn't they? Like, he was the yeah, first, first few first rounds, round wasn't he? Yeah, first maybe round. early second, yep. Yeah, I know he was early. I know he was, like... And they, they traded up to get him, too. Yeah, so, I mean, Hooper is just not the end-all Darren Waller replacement here for Vegas. Um, it's going to be Meyer. I just don't know if, like... Now is the time, like, we're seeing that trend where you can get him really cheap and, like, try to get that, like, week where he finally has that, like, breakout week, so I get it. Um, I think Adams is hurt. Like I, I, I mean, we watched that game. Um, everyone watched that game. It was a Monday night football game. Like I think he's hurt. I think he's like yep. legitly hurt. I think this is a fantastic spot for Myers under six K. Um, if they do run Adams out there, like Myers still has upside even with Adams on the field because I mean Adams is going to get the most attention. So I just feel like you're taking some shots on Myers. I think Vegas needs to trade Hunter Renfro um, so he can be relevant again because they're not using him at all. Um, so it's kind of weird. Like I thought McDaniels would, would absolutely love Renfro, right? Like he had Welker and um, Edelman and stuff in New England and just not using Renfro at all. Um, love Myers in this spot. Revenge game for Myers too. You know, those matter in football. For Garoppolo too. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, not playing Garoppolo, by the way. I will have a little bit of exposure to the passing game um, with Myers. And if Adams plays, I'll, I always play Adams every week. I'm never the guy that fades Adams just because of his upside. I'm probably going to end up on underweight on Jacobs, and it's not on purpose or anything. It's just 
I like a lot of running back plays this week that are in the same price range. Um, and I think I'm going to end up overweight on those guys and underweight on Jacobs. And that's just by design on my lineups. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad spot. I do have interest a little bit in like a Vegas defense Jacobs play. Cause I do think their defense correlates with Jacobs a lot. Yeah. I like that. All right. Moving on. We got, uh, oh, that was the start of the afternoon games. My bad. I didn't mention that, but that was the start of the afternoon games. We go to another afternoon game here, Detroit at Tampa. 43 and a half is what it opened at. Does it change? It's 42 and a half. It looks like a lot of totals have been bet down a little bit. People factoring in wind a little bit in the betting markets. Detroit, a three point favorite in this one. Uh, Dave Montgomery, huge week last week. Uh, we talked about him a lot, loving him on the podcast. And uh, he had another good week last week. And Gibbs did not practice again Thursday. It's a hamstring. I would be shocked if he returns this week. Um, St. Brown is back this week, though. Full practice on Thursday. He's expected back 100% this week. So, uh, LaPorta did not practice on Thursday as well. Dealing with a calf injury. All right. Let's talk Detroit. Keith, for years, Tampa has been a team where you're like, all right, do we play running backs? Now they're like 21st in DVOA. Um, they've really struggled like grade-wise. They're like graded as the worst run defense on pro football focus this year. What are our thoughts here on Montgomery, and what are our thoughts on Detroit? So on Montgomery, I just I don't love the price. I still respect the Tampa run defense. I know they haven't been as good this year as, as they have been in the past couple of years. Um, but Montgomery is up to 7,300 now. Like that said, the role is going to be phenomenal if Gibbs misses again. Um, Amonra being back definitely helps the efficiency of the offense as well. So more potential touchdown opportunities for David Montgomery. I, I'm torn. Like I, I, I've struggled to get to David Montgomery at 7,300. If he was in the sixes again, 6,500 or whatever he was last week, I would be in on him a little bit. I just I don't love the price increase, but he he definitely has that role. I think the touchdown upside is, is massive here with Amonra back as well, helping to move the ball. Laporta missing is could be a, a, a big deal though as well. Lukewarm at best on, on Montgomery. It'll be an ownership play. If he's super low owned, maybe I grab a little bit of exposure, but I'm I'm not in love with him. I do think Amonra is in a really good spot, especially if Laporta is out. Um I don't think he's going to be all that popular just because he's missed a couple of weeks here and people always want to see it before, before it happens. But we know Amonra has double digit target upside. Um, I like the spot for him. Yeah. I mean, so my Montgomery exposure would probably be a little bit with like the Detroit run def or Detroit defense, like pairing Detroit defense and Montgomery would be how I'd probably get exposure to Montgomery. I don't mind St. Brown, like Godwin stacks. Um, just as like secondary stacks in this game, um, just in general. But honestly, I mean, I don't hate um, Laporta if he plays. His production's been phenomenal. No Travis Kelsey on this slate. Hawkinson's going to have a ton of ownership. Um, so I don't hate it. But I think like the, the, the play this week for me is pay down at tight end or go up to Goddard, who we're going to talk about um, in a few games here. So I like Jared Goff at home. I think they play well in this game and I think they win this game, but I think Jared Goff's upside is at home. And I mean, that's just how it's been. And I think that's how it's going to keep being the Tampa side of this game. Detroit defense is legit. I mean, this is a defense that we, I mean, we just have to keep saying it like they're, they've been a top three defense this year. 
Um, what are your thoughts on the, the Tampa um, offense here? Yeah, I'm definitely not playing Baker Mayfield. Um, we'll talk about like the spread is, is fairly tight in this game, but I feel like Detroit is a, a much better team. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in Tampa. Mike Evans is questionable. Um, it's a hamstring, which he had the hamstring injury last year as well, I believe. He left the um, game early against New Orleans in week four. Yeah. So, I mean, if he doesn't suit up, you have to have some interest in Godwin, another guy that we've seen get double-digit par- targets in that spot. He had 11 targets last week after after um, Evans left. Well, not after he left, but total in the game, partially due to Evans leaving. So Godwin is definitely the play here. Um I don't know that I have a ton of interest in anything else. I think if Evans sits, you could take some shots on Trey Palmer. He's looked pretty good. Um, ran quite a few routes after after Evans left last week. So Trey Palmer is as a punt type play. Um, if you're looking for something in the three K range, yeah, I don't mind Palmer. Um, again, like Down's going to have so much ownership in this range, so. Uh, don't hate that call if Evans is out. Ha- hamstring injuries with Evans have, has been like through his career. Um, guy has just been hobbled by him all year. I think Kate Otten is super interesting in this game. Um, if you're expecting like a trailing game, as good as Detroit's defense has been, they have allowed the third most fantasy points um, per game to opposing tight ends. And Kate Otten is like a red zone threat that can get targets down the field. Um, so I think Kate Otten at 3,200 is a cheap tight end that I'll have in my pool um, this week. That's it for that game. I don't that game. I just don't have a ton of interest in that game overall. But there are like pieces that I think you can play. It's just one of those types of games for me. Uh, Arizona at LA taking on the Rams. Forty eight and a half is what it was at. Still at forty eight and a half. Uh, Rams a seven point favorite. Keith, my favorite game of the weekend. Absolutely not, love this. You're not playing game. Josh Dobbs again, are you? <laughs> I am playing Josh Dobbs again. He is the guy that I will definitely have exposure to again. So. Uh, bring it on uh, all the hate. I love to hear it. Uh, that's fine. I love Arizona this week um, against the Rams. I'll let you go first though. I've already kind of like, okay, really quick before you like get into like breaking down why I'm crazy and that's fine. Both of these defenses are bottom five defenses this year in DVOA. Um, they're not good defenses. This game should have some of the best weather of the weekend where we're not necessarily worried about like wind and like all that factoring in. Uh, it's going to have that beautiful L.A. October weather. And, I mean, we love the Rams in this spot. Let's just be honest. I know I know when we get to the Rams, you're going to love Stafford. You're going to love Williams. You're going to love Cooper Cup. You're going to love the Rams side. I really think Arizona keeps up in this game, and Dobbs is cheap. He's cheap. Like, and <laughs> so we <is> know Stafford. <laughs> We know, but we know exactly where the production is going for Arizona. Like, I just, I don't know. Well, I'll let you go first. Talk about Arizona, and then um, you can call me crazy. That's fine. No, I don't think you're crazy for loving the game. I, I also love this game. It's probably my favorite of, of the week. Um, James Conner on IR. There's really nobody um, but Di Mercado in that that backfield. 4,900 for Di Mercado. I think he's absolutely in play. They signed Tony Jones off the street. We know he's terrible. Um, he's been given opportunities before and has done nothing with them. Keontae Ingram has a chance to make it back. He did practice limited on Thursday. They're really watching his reps with the neck injury. Yeah, and I mean, he hasn't done anything with his opportunities either. I think it's Di Mercado time. Like, 
he they've used him a little bit out of the backfield already anyway this season um we saw him get some some decent run with 10 carries last week uh after connor left i i really think dear mercado is the guy here 4900 and you can use him as a run back because i think he's definitely even if he's not the lead back here which i think he will be but even if he's not um he i almost certain he has the passing game role so 4900 just Think of him as a, a another wide receiver almost, a guy who can catch five, six balls out of the backfield. Marquise Brown is still way too cheap. The role has been incredible. He had 10 targets again last week. I think we're expecting Arizona to, to trail, even if you think they can keep up a little bit. L.A. probably plays from ahead here. 10 targets absolutely within Marquise Brown's um, range of outcomes. 5,300 is way too cheap for that type of role. Um, one of the, the top values of the week at wide receiver. And Zach Ertz is still still too cheap, um, just four targets last week. But we've seen him get super involved when they're when when they're in a trailing game script. Um, has ten targets in two different games this season, eight in another. So I know Ertz is not a not a play that's attractive, um, just an old dusty tight end. But that that volume is hard to ignore. If he falls in the end zone, he's certainly in play at thirty six hundred. Michael Wilson, a guy I took a, t- a bunch of shots on last week, did not work out. Thought we were, we had seen a breakout a little bit the week before against San Francisco. Um, I probably go right back to that well, though, just because I, I think he's a talented player that they really like. Didn't work out against Cincinnati for whatever reason, but 3,800, I'll sprinkle him in a little bit. Yeah, just wasn't involved in the first half of that football game. Um, they were using – I watched a lot of the Arizona game against Cincinnati. I was I was very high on that game last week. Uh, they use a little bit of like Rondé Moore in some um, scripts and some runs and stuff. And Wilson just kind of got scripted out of the game a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I have a ton of interest in Dobbs as like a cheap quarterback play this week at 5,200. It's already shown that like he has some rushing upside against a, a, a defense that, again, like this team just hasn't done a great job pressuring the quarterback. Um, I think this is a spot Dobbs has a chance to actually play decently. And the Rams' run defense has been bad, so DiMicardo, uh, way too cheap. You know, obviously, injuries open up value. That's exactly what's happening here. I mean, we'll talk about the Rams' side, but I, I, I could see not playing Dobbs and playing DiMicardo and playing Brown on the same team with, like, a Rams' run back type of – with a two-man here. So, uh, love those guys. I'll have exposure to Wilson. I don't know how much – Zach Ertz, I get this week. They again, I watched a lot of that game. They were using all three tight ends, so I'm a little bit worried that like Zach Ertz's run of like this eight to ten target guy is over. I, I if I'm playing some Dobbs and I'm playing this game as high as I know I'm going to, I'll have a little exposure to Ertz. Um, and like the Rams have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends this year, so it's an upside spot for Ertz. It's just they're using all three guys. <laughs> it's like. Um, and that might be one of the reasons that Wilson didn't get as much run last week is because they were using so many tight end plays. Um, and with the running game and running back situation, I think Dobbs just has an opportunity to throw a little bit more this week. And, um, I like that against the Rams Rams side Stafford's cheap too. Um, again, I have Stafford ranked second in my expert value rankings this week on DraftKings. first on FanDuel. He's way too cheap. Um, Arizona's defense stinks. I agree with you. If I was going to play one of these two quarterbacks, it'd be Stafford over Dobbs. I just have interest in Dobbs in tournaments at lower ownership. Um, 
Hey, guess what? Cooper Cup's back. We were all kind of curious what was going to happen. Well, we found out. 12 targets, 8 catches, 118 yards, um, no touchdowns, and still put up 23 fantasy points. Top wide receiver play on the slate. You could argue it. I mean, Chase and Hill, like, those are the three guys this week. And one of the reasons that one of the reasons that I have a trouble paying up for Christian McCaffrey is because I really want to try to build teams with two of these wide receivers. I think they have like a combined 60 point upside type matchup. So I think this is a great spot for the Rams um, passing attack. We were worried like what was going to happen with Puka 11 targets still. He's just expensive. So like if you're playing Puka and cup, you got to kind of figure out who you think is going to score the touchdown and have the ceiling game. Um, I'm putting my money on Cooper Cup. Sorry, uh, Puka. Yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup looked looked amazing. We did talk about it a little bit on the podcast last week, though, that it's possible Stafford could support both of these guys. He looks completely healthy this year, has played really well this season. Um, he supported Cup and Robert Woods in the past. Sure, Tyler Higby has a little bit of a role as well, but I see no reason that, that Cup and Nakua can't both have success in this offense. Cooper Cup is is the main guy, though. Um, just he came out, and the majority of his targets were in the first half. Like It looked like they they had a scripted plan for getting Cooper Cup back integrated into this offense. Um, just a ton of targets on that first drive. He's too cheap for this spot. We've paid 10 k for Cooper Cup before. 9 k is too cheap for a guy who's basically a lock for 10 targets and has multiple touchdown upside. Like you said, didn't score last week and still had 22.8 DK points, so... Cooper Cup is is a primary target for sure. I'm I'm going to sprinkle in some Nakua, and I think Atwell is still in play as well. They still schemed some plays for him, and he, and he sco- scored a touchdown. Um, that's about all that he did. But five targets still for for Tutu Atwell, probably a little bit overpriced. But as as much exposure as I want to Stafford, I I might mix him in a little bit, um, especially if Higby, Higby is carrying some ownership, just as a way to get away from the double stack without paying up for, for two wide receivers use Atwell in the mid range. I'm fine with that. Um, Kyron Williams, I think is interesting. I'm afraid that he's going to get a little bit too much ownership here. Um, fantastic matchup against Arizona. Saw him struggle in a tough matchup uh, against Philly last week, but we know he has, has the touchdown upside. Um, 6,500 is he like, he needs to do more than just fall in the end zone at this point. Uh, but the role is is undeniable. They have started to work Rivers in a little bit more, uh, but Kyron Williams still very much the lead back here. The the 6K range is where I'm living at quarterback. Burrow, Lawrence, and and Stafford here. I'm going to have a ton of exposure to all three of those guys. Yeah, I think Williams is a fantastic play. Like on the teams that you're not building, um, like Stafford teams, I think Williams is a great option. Um, so overall, love this game. I think this game has so much upside. Oh, we should mention that Van Jefferson got traded. So like, Atwell is here to stay. Um, so, you know, he is the wide receiver three, and they use a lot of wide, re- wide three wide sets. Um, so I don't think Atwell's going anywhere. Um, I think you're going to need a home run from him, like still to pay off this price. And he's going to have really low ownership in a potentially high scoring game, potentially one of the highest scoring games of the weekend. Philadelphia at New York Jets last game here for us to break down. This game has a 41 total. Um, Philly is a seven point favorite. Uh, let's start with Philadelphia. A lot of people talking about Jalen Hurts this week. I get it. I understand why uh, Jalen Hurts is is just phenomenal. Um, put up 31 fantasy points last week against the Rams. Same thing Dobbs is going to do this week. 
Um, what are your thoughts here? On, what are your thoughts? On, I love how you just tried to sneak that in. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on Philly? Oh, man. This Jets defense is for real. Um, traveling to New York, I don't love the spot. I was underweight on Jalen Hurts last week, and, and it definitely burned me. Um, I made a comment that he wasn't running as much this season, which was true up until last week when he ran it 15 times. <laughs> we know he still has the – like he's their goal, their goal line back. Uh, they're going to run the, the tush push or brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it, every time they get down there on the goal line. Um, Anytime so the they rushing... get a one yard play, oh, it's uh, they got to ban this play. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Yeah, it's it's insane. it takes a minute um, off the clock. It's the worst thing for fantasy. Uh, don't get me started. I will I will rant. I have, I rant every time I watch this play. Um, sorry, <laughs> keep going. Yeah, I mean you just you can't deny the rushing touchdown upside though. Um, it, it's always going to be there. So he's a scary fade. I just don't think he has a ton of passing upside um, in this spot. And that's just the the respect for for the Jets defense. Um, his wide receivers are expensive. He's expensive. It's a tough matchup. I'm I'm just I'm not sure that I'm I'm in on Philly stacks this week. Jets secondary is no joke. Um, their run defense has been atrocious this season. I could see Swift having a decent game. His touchdown upside is is really limited though. Like Swift to score a touchdown has to do it from like eight yards plus out. Um, I'm sorry to say that, but like. When they get inside the five, he's just not going to get a ton of carries. Um, I haven't, I don't have it up in front of me, but I mean, I'm definitely worried about that as far as him. And I like Swift. I like what we've seen from Swift, but I'm also worried that like Gainwell and Scott are healthy. Um, so like that is a huge concern for me. Like Gainwell had seven carries last week. He had some targets out of the backfield as well. Um, Scott is someone we know will get some work out of the backfield. Um, I don't think he played at all last week though. So that was a good. I mean, good thing if you're kind of following this situation. So I like Swift. I love Goddard. I think Goddard's the top tight end play on the entire slate this week. Um, the Jets allow the most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. They're great against the outside guys. They struggle so much against these guys um, between the numbers. Goddard is easily a guy that can get seven to ten targets in a game when they're opening up this type of role. Um, so I, I really like this spot for Goddard. And again, like they had to play Kelsey and they, I mean, Hunter Henry burned this team. Um, like some tight ends have just burned this team and they've played good tight ends. Like, don't get me wrong. They've had, um, tight ends, but like even last week, we talked about Trotman last week against this Jets defense because how bad they've struggled against tight ends. Goddard is a ceiling guy that like, I mean, could outscore Hawkinson. And that's what we're kind of looking for. And he's cheaper. He's like $1,800 cheaper than TJ Hawkinson. So Goddard likely going to be one of my highest owned tight ends this week. Him and Logan Thomas. Um, I really like those guys. Um, we didn't talk about him really quick. I just Noah Fant is someone that I really like at tight end this week. We didn't talk about him when we were talking about the um, Seattle-Cincinnati game. But I, I like Noah Fant this week at tight end. I think he's really interesting. Sorry. Um, as I said, it's game. Keith, Jets against philly philly's a good defense um i hate the jets this week i mean you got to beat philadelphia through the air so maybe a little bit of wilson um or lazard but i mean do we really trust garrett wilson i mean he's gonna get a ton of targets his target share is huge but is he gonna score is he gonna pay off 6k 
Lazard's 3,700. That's a lot more doable for a guy if he gets like four or five catches. I trust Garrett Wilson. It's it's Zach that's the problem. I'm not yeah. sure Zach can, can get no him the No one trusts Zach Wilson, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, How is yeah. this guy still playing like, quarterback for this team? Yeah, like it's so, really surprising they didn't He make beat Denver. Oh, man, he beat Denver. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have some Garrett Wilson. He's a guy that I, I always play a ton of. Like we know that he can just rack up a ton of targets. A lot of them may, may be offline, but he's still 6K. I feel like he's he's very playable at, at 6K. Um, volume is really what I'm interested in here. Don't mind Lazard. Like He's he's super cheap. That's the only reason. Um, the role has not been phenomenal. He's been getting about four targets at each game. Uh, but for 3,700, if he finds the end zone, he's in play. And Tyler Conklin is, is cheap as well. Just kind of a similar play to Lazard, but he fills the tight end position. So I, I don't mind some Tyler Conklin. Um, definitely no stacks just in any, any Philly stuff. I, I might be looking for a run back here. Garrett Wilson, certainly my favorite though. Yeah. It's more of like, I'll, I'll have a little, ex- I, I, I'm going to have a lot of Goddard. So I'm going to be looking at run backs. Um, so that's why Lizard and Wilson are interesting for me. I don't think we this need is to a least, Brees Hall game. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. We have to mention Brees Hall. Uh, Robert Sala confirmed truth teller tells us the gloves are off and then proceeds to hand the ball to Brees Hall 22 times. So that burned me. I, I thought that that might have been just some coach speak. I was underweight on Brees Hall last week. Did not work out. He absolutely shoved it down my throat. Yeah, I played a lot of them last week. I had a good week last week. Um, I had a really good week last week. I did it's not. my best week of the season so far. Um, nice. Again, I was very high on. I was very high on um, Jamar Chase Burrow stacks last week. Yeah. So that that helped a ton. I had a lot of Hall and Tyree kills. So. Um, a lot of HN too. So I had a good week. I'm not complaining about my week. Um, had a good week in the morning grind game too, Keith. I went seven for 10. Um, we have yet to have a perfect week, so we got some work to do. Uh, we won't talk about how you did in the morning grind game. I don't want to make you feel bad. <laughs> it, was, it was a rough week for me. I said that. <laughs> First losing week of the season, morning grind game, not, not Hey, good. listen, week four, I had my worst week of the season. I bounced back with my best week of the season, week five. So now it's just, now go. everything you said, I got to go back and um, do it again. So uh, there you go. All right, morning grind game. As always, we have some fun with this. It is uh, Thursday night when we're recording this, so um, stuff will change. Ownership and all that kind of stuff, but give me a quarterback that you have throwing for 300-plus yards this week. You said I was going to love him. I absolutely do. It's it's Matthew Stafford. He's got Cooper Cup back. This uh, Cup-Puka-Nakua connection like looks like the Rams of old, so uh, good, good, really good spot here against Arizona. Give me Stafford. All right, I'm going to go to Joe Burrow. Uh, love the spot for Burrow. He looks healthy. I think it's a really tough spot for Mixon. Um, so I'm going to go Burrow and Chase having another monster week. Low on running back for a touchdown again. It's early in the week. Uh, who do you got for a touchdown this week? If the weather gets worse in this game, he might get some steam. But right now we've got Alexander Madison under 10%. Love the spot for him against Chicago. No Justin Jefferson. This offense could look completely different than what we're used to. Yeah, um, love this. That's who I had written down as well, so good job. Um, I'm going to go Kenneth Walker. He's the second guy I had written down. I think this is a really good spot for him. Sneaky spot uh, against Cincinnati. Quarterback, wide receiver, stack for a touchdown. Who you got? Give me Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley. Lawrence to Ridley. I like it. Um, Great spot against Indy. No explanation needed. we're, We're on that one. Um... Let's see. I'm trying to think a little off the board. I don't 
uh, I wrote down Fields and DJ Moore, but I feel like that's chalky. Uh, give me Dobbs to Hollywood. You know, just go right off of the morning grind like thought process. Uh, tight end for a touchdown. Who you got scoring a touchdown this week? Give me Cole Komet. Um, red zone roll has looked really good. Justin Fields is playing a lot better. Um, good matchup again this week against Minnesota. I'm going to go Logan Thomas. We talked about that spot um long time ago. Long, long time ago. But, yeah, um, I'll go Logan Thomas. Oh, wide receiver for eight-plus targets. I did it backwards, but it's still good. Uh, who do you got for eight-plus targets this week? Give me Michael Pittman. I went with him last week. He fell one short. He's got Gardner Minshew at quarterback this week. Uh, Double-digit targets in, in Minshew's last start. I'm trying... Not to go too chalky, but give me Thielen. Um, looking at his ownership, he's right around 10%. I don't think that's too chalky. So um, Adam Thielen is my guy for eight-plus targets this week. Uh, defense for 10-plus points. Who's getting the job done defensively this week? Give me the Falcons against Sam Howell. Uh, oh, like takes that. a ton of sacks, throws a lot of interceptions. They're at home. Love it. Yeah, I'm not going to say Texans because um, they're – super chalky Detroit's actually getting I'm looking at projected ownership for the first time on defenses Detroit and Houston are the two highest projected owned defenses this week and Bummer. I, I like Detroit a lot too I like both of those defense I yeah. hate playing chalky <laughs> defense I'm probably still gonna play a little bit of them as well um you know give me they're so cheap and they probably don't score 10 this week, but I just love playing cheap defenses. Give me the Bucks against Detroit. Um, Detroit on the road. Bucks are 2.3K and like cheap defenses. I love them, Keith. They they don't typically work out, but Detroit, or Tampa gets after the quarterback. Um, so I don't hate this spot for the Bucks at 2,300. Like Detroit can score 25 in this game and the Bucks defense could still put up you know, 10 plus. So, and they're coming off a bye week, you know, that's always great. All right, let's go to the betting side of the morning grind game Uh, against the spread or money line bet. What do you got? We've been talking about how good of a team Detroit is. They're only three point favorites down in Tampa. They're just a much better team. They're a complete team all around. Um, They get a Monroe St. Brown back. The defense has been playing incredible. Give me Detroit, Detroit minus three. Yeah, um, I don't hate that. I'm going to take the Houston Texans money line this week. Um, they are one and a half point uh, dog against New Orleans at home. I, I think Houston's very underrated in general. I, I really think this team is underrated. I think CJ Stroud is playing phenomenal. I think this defense is playing way, way better than we projected. Uh, so give me Houston money line against New Orleans this week. Uh, over under bet. What do you got for over unders this week? Give me Seattle, Cincinnati over 44 and a half. Joe Burrow looks back to me. This was projected to be one of the top offenses in all of football coming into the season. Uh, Burrow injuring that calf has got them off to a slow start, but I feel like they are back now. Um, I'm sure everyone knows where I'm going with this one. Do you want to tell them, Keith? You are going Rams, Cardinals over. Yes, I am. You're exactly <laughs> right. Um, no joke. That is one of my favorite bets of the weekend. Um, I, I think this game goes over. I think Stafford's playing great. I think Arizona is going to continue to keep games close like they have all year. And I think this game is going to 
have a lot more scoring um, than we're kind of projecting. The other one that I like is the under in the Cleveland-San Francisco game. Um, that game's going to be awful. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying as far as like San Francisco scoring 30 in the first half. I hear you. I think the Cleveland defense is good enough to keep this game somewhat close, and I just think it's going to be an awful game. Uh, player prop. We'll go to a pick and play here in a second, but give me a player prop that you like this week. Well, hopefully you're wrong about that game because I've got some Brandon Ayuk love this week. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk over 41 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he's the man beater. You just play him against man defenses. He absolutely crushes them. Um, that's why I have some a little bit of love for that game. I, I agree it's an ugly game, but I think it's a good spot for Ayuk. You said it's 41 and a half? 41 and a half. Oh my gosh, that line's low. He's gone over 43 in every game this year. That line's just low. Um, love that call. Great call. Um, I'm going to go. So when I, I wrote this up on scores and odds, it was 48 and a half, um, but it's at 50 and a half. I still like it. I'm going to go Alexander Madison over 50 and a half uh, rushing yards this week. Again, I think they're going to use Madison a little bit more this week, um, just in general, trying to get the running game established with no Jefferson. So um, Alexander Madison, I'm not worried about acres. I'm just being honest. Uh, pick and play. What do you got for us on the pick'em side? We got to make up for Thursday night football. Thursday night football was awful. Um, I got crushed in a showdown. I just looked. I got crushed, um, and I did not do good on the pick'em side. So we got some work to do from Thursday night football's pick'em. What do you got for me? All right, redemption time. Jordan Addison more than four and a half receptions. He's been over that number in three and a half or three of five games this season. Now he's got no Justin Jefferson to deal with. Um, a plus matchup against a bad Chicago defense. I love this spot for Jordan Addison. This wasn't planned, folks. I promise. I'm going to stay in that same game, and I'm going to take Justin Fields over 196 and a half passing yards. I saw this line. I I saw I so I wrote this up at 188 and a half on scores and odds. It's at 196 and a half. I still like the over. Um, we have seen a different different Justin Fields the last few weeks. He's hit the over. He's thrown over 200 yards in four or five games. The game that he didn't was against Kansas City. That defense is really good. We talked about it um, at the beginning of the show. Minnesota's pass defense is not good. Like this is a game we're gonna have plenty of passing. So uh, we'll we'll fire up the old pick 'em two pick here and uh, hopefully bounce back from Thursday night with uh, Addison more than four and a half uh, receptions and Justin Fields more than 196 and a half. You're the Bears fan. What do you think of that line for Fields? I agree. It's too low. I think the weather's playing into that prop a little bit, but I'm not I'm not concerned about the wind. I think wind is being overrated as we sit here and record this uh, on Thursday. We'll see what it looks like. I hope that people are overreacting to winds. Unless winds get above 20 miles an hour sustained, I'm re- generally not too concerned. Um, I will say we we saw a little bit of hesitation, I think, from the Broncos uh, on Thursday night football. They didn't take any deep shots, really, but that might just be a product of the Kansas City defense as well. So I hope people re- overreact to some of these win spots because I'd, I'd be looking to get over the field on those spots. It's because every time Russ Wilson dropped back, he got hit. That's why they couldn't throw the yeah, ball down the field. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, and like Kevin Roth currently has the Minnesota-Chicago game dry at 10 to 15 mile-an-hour wins. Yeah, that doesn't 10 to 15 mile an hour winds with no rain. Okay. Um, gusts around 20. Okay. Like, I'm not, unless it like gets to sustain 20 to 25, if you're not going to have any rain and you're just going to have a little bit of wind, 
Chicago has some speed. So, I mean, I'm just – I'm betting on Justin Fields right now. Um, just he's Deontay Foreman might be his run – Deontay Foreman might be his running back. That number is way too low if, that, if that's the case. <laughs> uh, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, looking to bounce back this week. Had, had a, the first losing week of the season, like I mentioned last last time. So t- time to turn it around and get, get back into the profit. Yep. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Thanks for hanging out with us here on week six, Morning Grind. Friday's podcast this week because, hey, there's not much else going on. I know there's some NHL. We're going to talk NHL on Tuesday next week with Tim again. I think there's a big slate uh, for NHL. We got basketball right around the corner. We got the Braves out of the playoffs. I did not see that one coming. Philly's um, just doing it with the with the sticks, man. Braves dealt with some injuries at pitching, but that wasn't an excuse. That offense um, did not score against Philadelphia, and that's what they had to do um, with that with that amount of power they had in that lineup. So, um, hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. We'll be back on Monday talking something. Monday Night Football, maybe a little baseball. Who knows? Hope you have a good one. We'll see you then.